Welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Mike. And I'm Dale. And we're here for our weekly update, Dale. Yes. Getting to the tail end of the season. We're only about four weeks away from the grand final. Yes, it would have been this morning Australian time. So four weeks. It doesn't it seems like a long way away, but that's gonna come awfully quickly. Absolutely. Things are gonna ramp up pretty quickly from here. Yes, and we've been in a bit of a dead zone recently. So actually it's been two weeks since our last update, but Quite a bit has happened in that time. Yeah, we want to focus first on Australia. Yeah, let's talk about Australia first. Well, we had the, the external factor of the Australian federal election being called on the day of, well, the May the 18th, which is actually the day before the grand final, but that's to decide who our Prime Minister is going to be. No, well, so essentially we're going to be... Who it is for the moment. <laughs> we usually <laughs> cull them after about six months or something. <laughs> so it's going to be... We're going to be staying up late to see who wins that election and then having to get up at 5am for the live grand, grand final. And it's causing some issues for people travelling to Israel as well, so mm. all that kind of stuff. Now, SBS announced um, their broadcast details this week and we're going to have the usual live broadcast... Wednesday morning, Friday morning, Sunday morning at 5am. We get all the shows live. We get all the shows live. But generally in Australia, they always show them at a prime time slot for those who don't want to get up at 5am in the morning. They used to be on the Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. Now, because of the election, it's going to be the Thursday, Friday and Sunday. So Thursday for semi one, Friday for semi two. And Sunday for, for the grand final. Well, probably makes sense. You want to skip the Saturday because everyone will be in politics mode. Exactly. If exactly. you're into that sort of thing. Now, there was also some um, quotes that came out from all the press releases of SBS around the broadcast around the staging of Kate Miller-Heike. Plus a couple of statements she made over in Europe. We are going to get a big stage revamp. That's, they're changing everything up. Drastic change have been the words. That tells me no big dress. Oh, we'll see. Who knows? Um, but sounds like it. Um, uh, the words epic, evanescent enchantment was used by Paul Clark, the head of delegation, about it all. Good. And Kate said herself it would be drastic change. So we're going to see something. And technical has been used quite a bit as well. So I think we must be using something, yeah, quite interesting there. Well, the last time Australia and technical were mentioned uh, was 2016. And we had Dami's performance. So... This fills me with hope. I've got a feeling we will have some AR or the augmented reality mm-hmm. stuff happening. Um, sounds like they've rethought the whole thing. Sounds like we're getting creative. He said we're going to stand out. Which is, I think it fills me with hope. I, yes. I think we needed that. I think they've listened to you all about the staging and they've changed things. And I think that's the best thing a delegation can definitely do with it. And remember, Kate's staging for Australia Decides was thrown together last minute. Mm. They used some old float from some March, I think, from oh, Gold wow. Coast, probably 1975 or something there. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say about Kate is that, that they are, she said in an interview in London that they're really embracing... Um, and this is big for SBS because it is our multicultural channel, about not whitewashing the contest as well. They're going to be meeting Palestinians. They're going to um, really focus on that as well, which I think is a really good thing. And she has answered the boycott thing. And can I just add a quote here? She goes, As a concept, I struggle with the idea of cutting off a whole people from music and learning and culture. I struggle with the idea that's how we move forward. She's very aware of it. She was talking to Hatari about it as well. And a lot of the artists want to meet up with. There's an Israeli-Palestinian uh, choir. So this is not being forgotten. And I think that's really important. She's a very intelligent lady. She's all over what's going on. So it's good to see. Good to see that. All right, back to a bit of fluff here. The other exciting news. 
Seventh Heavens remix was announced of Zero Gravity on Friday. Good Friday was very good indeed. Absolutely. Let's have a bit of a listen. ubiquitous now that uh, a lot of the songs do get Seventh Heaven remixes. I think it's a really good time. Uh, we're only a month out from the competition. Get the remix out. Give something fresh for the people to listen to. And also, it's one for the clubs. It's one for your preview parties. Yep. So very, very good marketing. All about momentum. Okay, so Kate was overseas, but they were for the preview parties. And since Amsterdam, we've had a couple more, haven't we, Michael? We certainly have. We've had London happen last week. So we won't go through all the artists or anything like that. We'll talk about a few of the eye catchers. One of the uh, people that didn't perform in Amsterdam, one of the big favourites, Italy, Mahmoud, uh, he performed in London. Got to say, real eye catcher, I thought. I thought he showed good uh, showmanship on the stage. He was very loose and, and really performed the song. He also delivered the song with a, a, a likeable attitude. Mm. This is a song where you have to have a bit of swag. It, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's almost like a rap song type of thing. But he did it, he did it very, very well. I'm very confident he's going to have a pretty good stage show going on in Tel Aviv. Yeah, he was kind of cool, but not too cool for school. Exactly. Very accessible coolness. And, and he had a massive smile on his face, and he seemed very approachable, which yep. I thought was very, very good. One of the eye, other eye catches I thought, or we thought, was France, Bilal. Mm. I have to say straight away, he's got a new look. He's grown his hair. Yep. Um, that was quite um, very, very noticeable. Uh, but also what noted what I really liked is his song Connected. He really connected with people. I have to say, maybe I've been sleeping on this one a little bit, this song. We got it very, very early. Early in the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but he showed a real level of confidence as well when he was performing mm -hmm. this song. And he's a young performer and he's growing. And I see that growth and I think he is one to look out for. Definitely. I agree with you on that one. Um, one of the others, John Ludwig, he went and performed in London. We already see him doing it. We know, he smashes it out. He's also done a couple of TV performances this week. He is absolutely killing it. And the big one, I thought, was Kino from Norway. It is the fan sing-along song for the, uh, for the season. It's going to rock every hall, every preview party. This is going to rock the hall. Will it pop through the screen? And one other thing on that one, they're embracing the fandom, and I love artists who do that. They took them to a lot of fans to a little private park and did a known sing along, including oh, wow. Gemma from the um, OJE Australia Committee. She got to go along, and they played for a little park with them all. That's and, like, fantastic. That's embracing fandom, and artists who do that, I liked already. Good, good attitude to the contest. Absolutely. And this morning, uh, Australian time, we had the Madrid party. I mm. have to say, I think this is the like best packaged party of the whole lot. I don't understand why some of the other organisers don't make sure you have the right cameras, the right casting of all this sort of stuff. It's just bring tall people in Amsterdam. They get in the, road, <laughs> the way of the cameras, Michael, that's all. But having said that, it was the preview party where nobody's in-ear sound worked <laughs> for know. some reason. Every so, single one took it out, didn't they? Absolutely. Every performance featured somebody ripping out their earpiece, which seriously, sort that out. But we're not going to go through everybody. Let's talk about some of the ones that caught our eyes. We saw Greece. Let's have a listen. Hello, 
was an, uh, an impressive performance in Amsterdam, but goodness me, she brought it home on this one. Vastly, vastly improved. Any thoughts on that one, Dale? Oh, look, we, we were very um, harsh, but in cruel, but fair, is I think the mm. right word about her last performance, because it was a train wreck. Um, this was a lot better, much more competent. I mean, I'm still not a fan of the vocal tone, but she delivered that vocal tone very well. I'm going to say, we're still not 100% there, though. No. And obviously, with a bit better sound mixing and um, a few more backing vocalists, etc., I think this could smooth out a lot in Eurovision, but we're not 100%. And sometimes doing the preview parties is a good thing for an act. A lot of people say, why do it? Why go out there? I think for Greece, this is great because you don't have a national final to iron this out. Use the preview parties. And the improvement from one to the other means she can go out live um, at the contest and do a lot better. If she went out cold, it would have been a mess. Totally. And we can see a vast improvement there. We're also going to mention Norway again. We thought Norway was very good and it seemed a little smoother. Mm. I think they're getting their heads around how they're going to present this. We obviously have the three people clustered together at the start. Um, and they used what looked like northern uh, lights, sort of colours, etc. So maybe we're getting a hint of what the staging may be like. We're definitely seeing that northern lights, green use, I would say that'd be very unusual if they didn't. I think it's going to start like that. Um, I think also they turned down the mic of the yoik um, because in the national final it was very loud and very kind of um, jarring. And I think maybe they're trying to smooth it out a little bit, or maybe there were just mic issues, who knows. Yeah. Um, but I like it smoothed out, so I hope they do that. What came clear to me, and I think I said in the Norwegian podcast we did, um, that I thought that they had a real shot of doing very well with excellent staging. I've lost that now. I think they can perform the hell out of it, and I think their vocal's going to be really good. But this is a hard one to clean up. They just don't look... Uh, like they can really package this together well as, as a trio. It just, I think they're just going to go out there and have fun with it and good on them, but I don't think we're going to get that slick staging and production I was really hoping for. I think it's less slick, more raw energy from these yeah, guys and crowd. hope it carries them over the line type of thing to a degree. I feel like a lot of crowd shots might be used. Who knows, maybe the delegation is working on something back. We're still, mm. we're still a month away. I don't three weeks feel it. I feel away, like we'd be yeah. seeing more at this stage. pretty late in the day, isn't it? Mm. I'm going to say one of the ones that really impressed us, um, oh, we thought, was... Estonia. Wow, look, I've I've had a crack at Victor quite a few times about his vocals. <laughs> I'd have a crack at Victor. <laughs> but like, seriously, he has really struggled with it, and I thought this is easily his best vocal performance and one of the better vocal performances of the entire night. This is a song a lot of people can get behind if he can deliver it, and he delivered it well in Madrid. Very I th- impressed. I thought he was very professional. Uh, he really sold that song. Um, I think he showed his stagecraft a little bit there. I'm a little more confident for Estonia going into it after that. Definitely. I thought he was very, very good. Uh, and the last one we want to say is a big tick. Georgia. I know. <laughs> uh, look, I've written here intense and powerful. He's an intense kind of guy. Yeah. It's an intense kind of song. So Mm. if he can deliver that on the stage with the correct kind of LEDs, etc., he 
Who knows? I, 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 maybe I've been sleeping on this one a little bit, but... I don't think we've been sleeping on it because the song itself is still the song. Mm. But I'm very impressed with him. I thought he was very good. Um, really good vocal, and there was something really good about it. Yep. No one sounds like him, but I, I still don't see it elevating it massively. He, but needs a, he needs a haircut. Yes. <laughs> he needs to clean up that appearance. He needs a new song. <laughs> but credit where credit's due, that yeah. was a very good performance. It really, really was. It was one of the rare times I've actually enjoyed the song, can yeah. I say, um, which is good to see. Let's talk about some of our question marks. Um, we're chucking in UK on this one. Look, everybody had earpiece issues or mic issues or something, earpiece issues. But um, Michael's performance, what do you think? Well, look, I think we're only chucking this as questionable because Michael's been the most consistent, great vocalist of this entire Eurovision contest so far for 2019. And he didn't have his best night. I don't think it was a bad vocal, Mm. but compared to what he's been delivering, it just goes to show you at Eurovision, you have no margin for error because it shows up so immediately if you're not 100% on. And he just wasn't 100%. Again, not bad performance, but he has to nail that at the contest at his one chance or otherwise it's not going to go well. Yeah, I I keep noticing him appearing on TV shows all over Europe and he's doing every preview party. I think he's spreading it a bit thin. He's got all the enthusiasm in the world and good on him, but it's up to this delegation now. Put him in cotton wool. Stop. Stop getting him to perform. It's about refining everything. He's just, he'll be burnt out by the time you get him to Tel Aviv. So for God's sake, it's great his enthusiasm. He's a terrific guy. Uh, Amazing. But just stop. (laughs) And we can talk from experience. Australia, look what happened with Isaiah and Jess. We flogged them to death on the promo and their voices were shot by the end of that competition. Uh, They delivered great vocal, particularly Jess, all the way to the grand final. And, uh, you know, just didn't deliver it on the night. Don't do what we did. Keep Michael and Cobble now. Yeah, wiser heads must prevail here. One of the other question marks, or one of the ones that caught our eye was Armenia. Okay, I'm going to start on this one. It was a very competent performance from Armenia. I thought she did, every vocal she did was quite good. She obviously had inner ear problems, and she showed it. And unfortunately, it showed in her performance, it... And she basically walked off the stage without even saying thank you to the crowd. She was heading, making a beeline to the sound or the audio people. She was angry. And I think that showed a little bit of inexperience. You just got to roll with it. What happens at Eurovision if her her inner ear doesn't work? Get Get on with it, honey. Get on with it. Yeah, everyone could see that there was an issue with the ear thing. And yes, her vocal was good at times, but also completely missing because of the ear thing. Yeah, she pulled, but out. Everyone, she pulled everyone, out of the couple yeah, of Yeah, totally. Understandable. Everyone gets that. It doesn't matter. What showed more and why we put in her in this questionable part was the lack of professionalism and experience that on a big night at Eurovision, there's every chance something little will go wrong. Like, if it's a major technical issue, you'll get to go again. Yeah. But little things happen. Little things go wrong. Kate Miller-Hockey, in the um, the jury show, her whole mic pack fell off, or her whole thing fell off <laughs> stage, and she kept singing the whole thing. You've got you it. You just crack on with it. You've, You've just got, got it. It's live TV. Come on. Sometimes you don't get a second chance. No, you know? get out there and smash it. And I, sorry, I didn't like the attitude. I didn't like the lack of profession. Yeah, I, I thought she just got shown up a little bit for getting thrown... Pretty easily. I didn't wouldn't say pretty easily. It's a big thing. Didn't handle it very well at all. There we go. I'm going to... And the other question mark we have, and this has been a couple of weeks now, Poland, how much do they sing it? <laughs> well, this is the question, Michael. I don't think we... We're not doubting that they can't... They, they can sing or not. 
But we just don't know because we know there's backing vocals happening or backing track happening there. Mm. It's obvious. It's obvious that's happening there. So what do you? Wh- how do you judge that vocal? Because the only time I've heard a true vocal is when they sang to the crowd at the end, and it was certainly not as good as everything else we've heard. We're only we're basically only a couple of weeks out for where they have to arrive in Tel Aviv and start rehearsing. If you're not confident with performing this live vocally. Oh, you're leaving it late. You're leaving it very, very late. So I reckon you should go out there and deliver that and be a bit messy, be a grease, and start tidying it up and finding what's wrong with it a little bit. This is perform it. under pressure. See what's going right, what's going wrong, and fix it for the contest. You're letting yourself up for a big fail potentially. And just the last couple of notes, we want to say Albania um, again. Two fantastic performances. I thought really, really good. She can. She can sing this. She can song. wail it very well. I was about to say wail. <laughs> yeah, she, I was. I mean, I thought it was a questionable dress, the polka dot one she wore in uh, Madrid. But who cares? We did say this about her. It's like the dresses are rather amazing. Or just like, what is that? I loved her Spanish vibe though. She was yeah. playing to the crowd, and she spoke spoken Spanish at the end, and I love that about her. I think we've got a big vocal and a very emotive song oh, coming fingers up. crossed. Coming up, we thought Romania. She was a bit of an icon. One of her best vocal performances. Definitely, I we see an improvement there. And I've written down San Marino. Because I think I'm seeing Sir Hat living his best life, you know, and it's great that Eurovision can bring out the best in a performer and it's bringing out the best in him and he's loving it and I'm loving it. He's living his best life. The fans are living their best life with him. And you know what? Still a cheeky chance to qualify. Yeah, That was a good... Sir Hat vocal. <laughs> it, I would, I'm just stoked for the bloke. And you can see it in his face. He's stoked for himself as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, let's talk about other things that have gone on during the week. It's poll time. There's lots of polls going on, darling. I know you've got an analytical eye on this. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I look at all the stats and all that kind of stuff going on. Okay, the big one was Euro Jury. So Eurovoir, great um, Eurovision journos and site. Hats off to their amazing... They've been doing Euro Jury for a number of years now, and basically they get Eurovision artists or national final artists from every single nation competing and get their kind of uh, um, their top ten must the be, contests. Must be quite an effort. It's a terrific thing that they do. Amazing. Like, it must take so long to organise. The resourcing of all that is fantastic, yeah. and then they put a massive show on it. There's online voting as well. However, really like to see how other professionals vote for it, mm. and there is a track record of Euro Jury. Picking up songs that fans don't normally have in their 10. The songs that are about 14th to 20th, that if it makes a Euro Jury top 10, often it makes a very solid top 10 at Eurovision itself. A couple of examples. Last year, Austria, Germany, Euro Jury went for them. Fans didn't. 2017, Australia came second in the Euro Jury. Netherlands, Austria, all made the 10. Fans went on them. Big songs did well with the jury at the contest, and Euro Jury was over it, not the fans. So it goes to show you, if that happens, you've got to watch these songs. The results came out last night, and the songs to watch are Armenia came sixth in Euro Jury. That from the jurors, really strong result. Not doing well with the fans. I'm not a fan of that song, but maybe we're sleeping on it, Michael. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the song either, but that tells me that it's going to get a good jury score then. Yeah, I know, totally. If she can pull it together. technically very good. She's a very good vocalist. Um, yeah, It's quite yeah. contemporary sounding, so yeah, there's yeah. something there. France, Bilal, it made the 10. Ooh. So another one to watch. But again, we just questioned before, are we sleeping on that because it was early? Pulls up together, could be well. And also, just outside the 10, Czech Republic was 11th with the Euro Jury. And I think that is still one to watch because I think it's quite modern indie pop. 
Um, and UK, well done. You made the top 10 of the Euro jury from the jurors, but there's a bad record of Euro jury over-egging you. They voted Electro Velvet in their top 10 in 2015. Oh, wow. So I think there's a bit of a UK bias there, so I'm going to ignore that side. But I'll tell you what, watch Armenia, watch France, particularly Armenia. I'm a bit now thinking about them for a, a jury score. So when the jury scores are revealed, do you think they're going to be in the 10? I don't know. Look, I'm a stats man. I'm a Mm. numbers man. And this is consistently happens every year. So we can't ignore it. Mm. I will say the winner overall was the Netherlands. They did win it from Italy and Switzerland, followed by Sweden and Greece. Sweden won the jury. Fair enough. Ahead of Netherlands. So that's another interesting one to watch. Very interesting. Okay. And the only other thing we're going to talk about is the OJ poll. Switzerland have taken the lead. Ugh. Anyway, go listen to our Switzerland podcast. But they're ahead of the usuals. Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Cyprus and Sweden. Australia still has not got a point. (laughs) They finished 11th in the UK poll. So close. So close. And we should (laughs) add that they ended up coming in the mid-20s in the Euro jury poll, but 16th in the online voting, which is a good sign. 30th in the jury voting, which is a little bit of a worry. Yeah. Look, I mean, OJ Paul, I would say Switzerland is a bit of a fair favourite right now. People do like it, so it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it'll surprise us winning, but, eh, you know. There's still a few countries to go, so I'm still hoping that Italy will beat them in the end because I don't want Switzerland to win that poll. Sorry. <laughs> uh, definitely not. At the moment, there's also all the preview parties in Australia happening as well. We had Sydney last night. And the Australians voted in Iceland as their favourite song from Sydney. that's interesting. Very different from the rest of Europe, so we might be getting a bit of an insight into the Australian televote there, perhaps. Mm, Interesting. We've got Melbourne this week coming up. Yeah, Melbourne and Perth are this week, and IQ from Macedonia last uh, year are performing. Mm. And on May the 4th, we also have Adelaide, and we have a Brisbane preview party. Yes, we do. We've got a bit of an OJ gathering here in Brisbane Mm. on the night. We'll be at... Slingshot Bar in Fortitude Valley. But let us know if you are if you live in Brisbane and somehow you haven't heard of this, let us know. But we're working with the amazing fan club to put on a preview party and we'll see what Brisbane votes for compared to Sydney and Melbourne. Absolutely. Even if you're not a member, let us know you're coming along and yeah. we can sign you up. Totally. And it's free as well. So come along, have a drink and watch the 41 songs and we'll see who wins. We'll see who uh, the Brisbane people will be voting as their number one. Maybe Sir Hat. <laughs> oh, you never know. Well, I guess we should talk about Dale. It is a bit of an anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's been two years this week. Yes. Since we released our first podcast. I know. Um, wow. It's been quite a journey. I think there's been a lot of improvement in that time. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not go back and listen to that first one. <laughs> I think we're going up to the fridge at times. <laughs> we're going to the bathroom. It's pretty loose. Is very loose. But it's been a certain journey, and thank you for all of you that are listening. It has been a journey, and we keep getting better and better, I hope. Yes. Of worse, who knows. And the fact that there's been so much support from so many different nations across the world, we cannot believe people listen to our rants. Yeah. Uh, it's just unbelievable, and we really, really appreciate the support, the comments, the reviews, like everything has been fantastic. We're truly humbled. Um, we look forward to another few years of doing this in early mornings. Gosh, we certainly do. Oh. And thank you very much for joining us, guys. It's been a great journey. Yeah. All right. That's it for this week. See you later. Bye.